Blog Talk Radio. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Some of the best hockey talk that you will find here on the interwebs. Um, there's a good possibility my co-host during the, for the regular What's Brewing show, uh, the Brewing Angel Talking Sports, may join us. That is uh, Angel Rivera. We're just efforting him now. Tim Rosenthal of uh, the Managing Editor of Brewing of Bruins Daily. Dot com will join us tonight at about 8:30. Uh, talk about the Bruins and and what I think is one of the one of the Boston's biggest problems, and that a lot of people don't talk about, and where everybody tells you how great the Boston Bruins is, and one of the biggest problems the Bruins have is that they are extremely top heavy. We'll talk to Tim Rosenthal of BruinsDaily.com about that tonight. Uh, That's going on. Uh, The situation that happened in St. Louis on Thursday into Friday um, with with Marc-Andre Fleury and and what the playoff ramifications could be of of a – COVID false positive in playoff games. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. 
Jordan Bennington got a big extension. I'll, I'll go over that a little bit and what that means. But where we start tonight is We'll start here tonight with the news of the week in the NHL, a story that I was told could be a possibility last week on the show and what it would mean. And this is why we've talked a lot about salary caps, or I've tried to talk a little bit about salary caps, especially going forward in the NHL, because the NHL Really, their biggest days are, you know, not playoff-wise, not Stanley Cup final-wise, are, you know, the lead-up to the trade deadline. If you're a Canadian listener or you're just a fan of the league, you know that Trade Center Day in Canada is is like a holiday. Um, and that is uh, April 12th this year. But there's a lot of movements that will not happen this year. And that's because of the fact that um, because there's no teams don't have cap space this year. If you have to make a move uh, to make a trade this year, the player that comes in has a two-week quarantine. You know, and I don't see the NHL changing that rule. And I know all the cities are moving up. I know there are spots in this league who are now going to, you know, they're bumping it up 5%. There's a possibility that um, Las Vegas could have 50% fans. Um, There are possibilities that by the time of the Stanley Cup playoff, every team outside of California, outside of California and, and, and Canada are at at least 25 to 40%. I wouldn't be surprised as the vaccine gets rolled out um, through the United States and through Canada and, and through everywhere that you could see 50% of people, 50% of buildings full I, I could see there's 75%, I think, by the Stanley Cup final in July. I think you'll be close to 50, closer to 50 to 75%. So that helps hockey revenue. The NHL has to hit a certain threshold in hockey-related revenue before the salary cap can go up. And if it goes up, and that, and that's all semantics, you can go to NHLPA.com and look at the CBA if you're that bored and you want to learn into that and read all into that stuff. What the NHL has wanted to do, and their television contracts are up, and I'm telling you, I think they're going to look into a lot of their national deals to help out teams, to help out the owners, help out the players, and – Get some extra money coming in for the salary cap next year going forward. Right now, it's scheduled to stay flat again next year. I don't see the players or the owners wanting that. 
I, I, they want a little bit of a bump. I don't think they're going to get the big bump that they were expecting last year. They were going to get a nice size bump next year. They'll get, you know, a million two, a million three, a million four, maybe two mil. But they need that bump for some teams so that you can – so you're not – renegotiating deals you're not cutting guys you're not having compliance buyouts to put a team together i mean there's some teams that are so close to the cap now as it is that they can't make a move to better themselves and that's what the cap and that's what we look forward to the trade deadline for you know, we saw the moves last year, the FNCU trade that didn't help out Edmonton. But, you know, last year's trade line is a complete different – it's not the same as a normal trade deadline would have been. Okay, so the NHL, ESPN, ABC, and the U.S. Remember, the NHL signs deals differently than any other – Sports League. They're not different, but they're not as big. The U.S. normally for all the other leagues, normally the U.S. deal is the bigger one, bigger markets, bigger, more teams. You know, the NFL that's their bread and butter. In the NHL, it's really fifty-fifty between you between the NHL and Canada, right? So the U.S. deal. We'll put more money into the coffers because there's more U.S. availability. ESPN, ABC, Disney deal with the NHL. The groundwork was laid when Disney won, when NHL, which is part of what the NHL sold their multimedia rights. To Major League Baseball's advanced media, which then became BAM um, media. So that started five, six, seven years ago. That's when you started to see all the NHL teams go to uh, devils.nhl.com, this, that, that, right? So the NHL brought everybody under one roof, just like Major League Baseball brought everybody under one roof. The websites are the same. It's the same template. You just put it on your stuff. NHL for NHL.TV and Major League Baseball have always had an agreement with In Demand that if you buy the Major League Baseball package and the NHL package, they're kind of on the same channels. You ever notice that if you don't have DirecTV because DirecTV has separate channels for everything because they're a different animal. They're not in demand like everything else is. So what happens is is now that deal, Disney buys BAM to launch Disney Plus, to build out Disney Plus because it's that's what Disney needed. Disney needed a great platform they had put they were already part of it they just bought it out just like hulu they were part of it they bought out hulu or they bought more of hulu so then a few years ago nhl games started popping up streaming on espn.tv and you started to go hmm what's kind of weird what's going on here once again it's part of the band package 
ESPN, in turn, is getting great numbers on the hockey games that they're playing on ESPN+. Plus. So, well, hockey, well, ESPN's getting great numbers on the hockey games on Plus. They're starting to go, hmm, we're getting good numbers here. People like the sport. We just built a, we have the deal with UFC. They have built a studio on Las Vegas Boulevard across from Caesars. Watch when there's a pay-per-view. That's when all the big shots are in Vegas. So they said, hmm, let's get into hockey again. NHL Rumors Daily, 18 months ago, said, the next time the NHL TV deal comes up, ESPN will be a major player. The NHL, give them credit. They are the first league to go to a single uniform supplier. They did that in 2000, 2001 with CCM, where all the jack, all the off-ice stuff, all the on-ice stuff, everything was one company. Baseball followed suit a couple of years later. The NFL followed suit. The NBA followed suit because it just made it easier. It made life easier. It wasn't individual teams cutting money deals. It was, oh, we'll cut the deal with Reebok. We'll cut the deal with Nike. We'll cut the deal with Adidas. We'll cut the deal with this place. We'll cut the deal with, you know, whoever. So everybody looks at, like, the Reebok deal. No, it was the CCM deal that started. That was 2000, 2001. CCM bought in at that point and said, no, we got this. We're going to be able to do this. Made great gear. So the NHL did not want in America a single exclusive home of the game. You don't grow the game that way. NBCSN is not in as many Households as ESPN is. NBC or Comcast started to think NBCSN has not done what we thought it was going to do. It was never going to do what they thought it was going to do because they didn't know what they had. So they, a year ago, said to the NHL look we're going to start moving Wednesday night hockey to USA that's the NHL outside the Sunday game that's NBCSN's exclusivity window and they said we're going to play that game on USA and the NHL's like wait why oh we're going to get rid of NBCSN now part of the the, the problem ESPN had when they had the NHL 17 years ago, which led to the falling out between the leagues, is the NHL got rid of NHL tonight. So now what does the NHL do? They start a network, once again, with BAM and Major League Baseball. All the stuff is in Caucus. It's all in the same building. <laughs> it's part parts in Stanford. Most of it's in... Um, sea caucus. It's not. They're the same. They're the same thing. They're run by the same companies. 
so Major League Baseball and them. Okay. So, all right, we'll start NHL tonight. We'll start NHL on the fly. Watch them. They're the same damn shows as the MLB Network has. NHL Network was here first. Don't forget that. But the NHL said, you know what? In Canada, we have multiple broadcast partners. Game works great for them. Everybody gets something, more money. This all boils down to money. All boils down to money. Just just the way it is. Down to money, right? So what happens now? The NHL says, we are going to shop our package. We're not going to be exclusive with NBC anymore. Doc Emmerich saw the writing on the wall. Doc Emmerich did not want to have to call the last game possibly on NBC. The assumption is that NHL, NBC is going to come to an agreement. That's an assumption. If you read the tea leaves, Comcast Universal, who has paid the WWE billions for streaming to buy out the WWE network over the next 10 years, doesn't get exclusive streaming out of this for Peacock. Because the NHL said, wait, Peacock's crut is, is dying. People are not happy with the office thing. People are buying the office on DVD just to have it so that they don't have to stream it. Okay, so this may not work for us. We're games are already on ESPN+. Plus. Okay, we'll talk to them. So now what becomes a very quick negotiation gets halted a little bit because of COVID, but it wasn't halted that much. Everybody kind of said, all right, you know, the NHL is going to make this agreement, blah, blah, blah. NBC has already, like I said, NBC Universal has paid the WWE millions, has asked them to move NXT from Wednesday nights on USA. So, if you read the tea leaves, and remember, not a foregone conclusion that this happened. The foregone conclusion is, is that the NBC Comcast NHL agreement will include a Wednesday night hockey game on USA. USA is in as many um, households as ESPN. Okay, cool. So that's that part of it. NBC will get a game of the week. ABC will get a game of the week. NBC will get Sundays. ABC will get Saturdays. Saturday or Sunday. Whatever they want to do. Hell, they could do two games. But they'll do it. And ESPN will take and get, you know, their their exclusive games. But the big part of the deal, the part that helps fans out, you have the Disney bundle already. Streaming on ESPN+. Plus. NHL.tv is done after this year. 
They are going to take this away from the cable companies. Now, are they going to do the same thing? Are they going to, you know, import the feeds from AT&T Sportsnet? Are they going to do it from Fox Sports? Are they going to do it from NBC Boston, NBC Philly? Are they going to do that, Root Sports? Or is they are or is ESPN going to treat this like they treat college football and have announcers go around and cover teams? Is it going to save teams money? We that's the part of this whole thing that nobody knows. Seventy five exclusive games, NHL Hulu streaming. That will be an ESPN that'll be an ESPN production. I'll be an ESPN announcer, ESPN graphics, the ESPN hockey night song. We'll be there. So that's a good thing. Twenty-five. I think it's twenty-five games on exclusively. Four of the next seven Stanley Cup Finals. So this is kind of what baseball did back in the ninety late nineties. Yes, Fox one year. NBC the next year, Fox, Fox, NBC, Fox, NBC, Fox, NBC. And then Fox just said, we're just going to buy them out. And NBC became NBC sport. And the only sport they were covering was Notre Dame football and golf. ESPN and whoever will split the conference finals. Great move. Great move. If it means we get less Pierre Maguire, the better. But for a fan to pay twenty bucks a month for a not for a no ad version of Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Hulu, you're paying for it already. Fourteen bucks, I think it went up to. I think it goes up to fourteen or fifteen bucks when the NHL thing kicks in. If you're a fan, instead of paying $150 a year for just NHL.TV, you're now going to pay 15 bucks a month. You're going to get The Mandalorian. You're going to get all the damn Disney movies. You're going to get ESPN+. Plus. You're going to get Hulu all in one. This is the way of the world right now. The bigger bundle, the better. The bigger the idea here, the better. Win-win for the NHL. Win for the fans in America. Now ESPN will legitimate legitimize hockey the way they did through the 90s. And let's not forget when it was ESPN and, and ESPN and Fox splitting games. Was it a bad thing for fans? Yeah, the stuffy uptight people hated the glow puck, but you know I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. Glow puck was great. They are going to legitimize the sport. If you think a sport in this country, you think ESPN. If you're not on ESPN, really. And think about this for ESPN and ABC. 
Stanley Cup Finals, NBA Finals, back to every other night four times in the next seven years. That means, Bachelor, it helps them out. It helps them out. Absolutely helps them out. This thing, and you look at money, big money. The NHL is going to sign for big money. They can't really completely poop on Comcast because Comcast is an owner in the league. Just like they can't poop on Fanatics because Fanatics is an owner in the league. There's so much nepotism in the NHL when it comes to that stuff, but it helps. You just look at this whole thing that comes out of this ESPN NBC deal. ESPN, Disney, NBC, Comcast. They've already worked together. They've already worked together through Hulu. They'll work again together. The NHL is in a better place today financially than 12 months ago. And there it, and that includes a global pandemic. Think about this. The NHL comes out of a global pandemic, signs a huge contract television-wise. The NFL will come off a global pandemic and will sign a huge television deal coming off a global pandemic. Why? Because people watch sports. People will be going back to buildings, but people will still be watching it on TV. More people will be watching it. For the NHL, more people will be watching your games. And that's a great thing. In a few weeks, we're going to tell you what you need to fix to keep those people that are new eyeballs on the sport. Take out the offside challenge. All right, coming up in a couple of minutes, our man, allegedly, our buddy, uh, Tim Rosenthal, managing editor of Bruins Daily. You're listening to What's Brewing in Hockey on the What's Brewing Sports Radio Network.
they are not paying a little bit of money. They're paying a lot of money to come in the games. Right, so that will take that into consideration there. Um, fans are paying a ton to go to these games, which will help out the hockey-related revenue. Let's not forget, Fanatics and the NHL shop, that money goes into that too, and people are buying stuff. Retro jer- Reverse retro jerseys have flown off the shelves like hotcakes. Now, I have two questions about that. Was Adidas ready for this? Because Adidas is not good at launches. On, on, on jerseys on the NHL. And this is one of those things where I think the NHL needs to approach Nike. Keep fanatics involved, but approach Nike and say, do you want to come back into the league? Because let's not forget late nineties, CCM made jerseys, pro player made jerseys, starter made players made jerseys, Nike made jerseys. But that was when teams could, oh, we want the Blackhawks. Oh, we want the Red Wings. Oh, we want this team. And they could pick and choose who they took. So that's one of those things where the NHL needs to get together. They need to get together with Adidas and be like, y'all need to to fix this. Authentic jerseys made by Adidas are atrociously sized. Absolutely atrociously sized. The size, the number is a size. It's not a, oh, we feel like making this a size. No, that's a size. That's a measurement. Adidas is yet to figure that crap out. And honestly, if you're a person that's not big and you throw up a 60 on yourself because they cut them terribly, that could lead to people being like, screw this. I'm not buying this crap. I'll buy the Fanatic stuff. And Fanatics is praying for that. Either Fanatics or Nike are going to get that deal next time. Okay. Rosie will be joining us right after this. You are listening to Bruin and Hockey on the What's Bruin in Sports. You know what I'm saying? Yo, so they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, it. In Palmer, you know, say that I'm a Tony Ago Lamb. Ali keep on going down. Take them on the pitch, you're gonna miss some of the time. Come with Ali Lamb. Ali keep on going down. In Palmer, you know, say that I'm a Tony Ago Lamb. Ali keep on going down. Take them on the pitch, you're gonna miss some of the time. Come with Ali Lamb. Ali keep on going down. He said, I'm gonna pull me now, they blow down my door. When you come out, you to my window, so they put me in the back of the car at the station. From that point, I'm a reach my destination, where the destination is reaching out of easy tension. Where I look at my pants, look up my bottom, so in farmers, you know, say that I'm a snowman, I go glam. I like it, boom, boom, damn. Take the man that's easy, then I'm a snowman, stop, come more down in land. I like it, boom, boom, damn. In farmers, you know, say that I'm a snowman, I go glam. I like it, boom, boom, damn. Take the man that's easy, then I'm a snowman, stop, come more down in land. Keep on the 
You know what? You get you're living your you're living your best life. All right, Timmy. So yeah, start the we show. do Zoom. Yeah, we do Zoom conferences and everything else <laughs> in between. Um. So I I started to show off with this, and this is like one of those things that I really wanted to talk to you about last. I wanted to talk to you last week about the whole fucking Tom Wilson situation. But it kind of leads into two things. One, that was Gong Show shit. And it's part of the reason why the NHL can't have the same officials doing two games. Because when shit gets let go, then it just keeps on festering. Mm -hmm. Second is, and this is why I think, I look at a team like Vegas, I don't think the chance of Stanley Cup, because I watched the Bruins for all these years. They're so goddamn top-heavy. 
outside oh, of absolutely. outside of the perfection lane, which is you know, I think it was Sportsnet or one of them Canadian places did and they ranked the top lines in the game and one and two were mm-hmm. Vegas's top line and Boston's top line, the perfection line. And I look at it and go, This is why you Boston hasn't won. And this has been going back for years, too. Last two, three, four this, years. And to me, it goes back to like 13. <laughs> like, I mean, they tried oh, it really? with Niagara, too. How'd that work out? Yeah. And, and it's not even, oh, yeah. Well, Yager, Yager was just squeezing the stick. I think Yager wanted to mm-hmm. win so bad that he was just squeezing the stick too much. Like, it's not like he didn't put the yeah. work in. Like, I looked at Boston last year, and I look at Vegas this year. Tampa made the exact perfect move at the deadline last year to win them the Cup. And And the perfect move. They didn't didn't need a top six guy. They needed depth guys. And and that's exactly what they got. Yeah, that Blake Coleman move, I thought Boston needed to bring in Kyle Palmieri last year, like I, you couldn't tell me that you didn't need Kyle Palmieri last year. That that, that deal need that deal needed to be made, and they went and got Andre Kosh and Nick Richie. It's like what the at fuck? least one of them it worked out pretty okay for the most part. And Richie, uh, not so much Koshy though. At least for this year. I mean, we looked at last year. He, where was he? Where was? He? Nick Richards watching from the stands. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that the Bruins have, the problem is, is like, so you have the one, I don't think Tuca wants to play anymore. I don't care what Tuca says. I don't think he's in it anymore. I cannot tell, really. I mean, if I were in the locker room, um, more yeah. you could tell these little things. Um, it's hard to tell with Tuca through Zoom what he wants to do, what he doesn't want to do. And I, I feel bad that he had to go through everything with his uh, family uh, yeah. last year, too. So yeah, yeah, like, it's crappy. And you heard the rumors of him possibly, um, possibly mulling early retirement last year. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't see it out of the realm of possibility either. You know, it's funny. I talked to Dan like a tour about this. And Danny said, once guys start, especially when stuff happens in a family, and guys start not wanting to be there, their play may not suffer. But the give a shit's gone. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think Tuke is like, oh. another one of those moves they could have made. They could have went out and, and, and scooped up Robin Leonard and been like, okay, now we're really good. Up, you know, in the back end. Yeah, and then you look. Yeah, and then you look up what they have in the goaltending system. I mean, it's good, but they're not ready yet. A lot can only take you so far, as you saw last year during the playoffs. I mean, he's doing well right now, and I, I and I don't doubt he could win a round or two for you if he needed to. But you can't win you a cup at all. No, he's definitely not winning you a cup. He's definitely not, and he'll win you a round or two if you luck out and play. Who the fuck do they own this year? Because <laughs> it feels like the Devils own them, the Islanders own Philly. them. Philly, Philly, they own Philly. Yeah, they Philly, 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 Phil
And, when do they get well, this part of jury. the schedule? Huh? <laughs> when did they get the soft part of the schedule? I feel like they've, like... I mean, they're supposed they to have it earlier in the year with all the COVID cancellations as well. Yeah. Um... I mean, you know, and, and here's the sad thing. It's kind of like, you know, we both said years ago on the other show. The Patriots are wasting Tom Brady. The Bruins are wasting Marchand, Bergeron. They wasted the end of Charles' career. Tuka, mm-hmm. Krejci. Like, they're just and wasting. And would be the next one gone. Definitely. Because the cap's not going to help them. No. It's going you know, to stay Pasta. flat or near flat the next, uh, what, three or four years? I think that's what Gary Bedman said during uh, when they when he was on during the um, presser where they confirmed the ESPN agreement. I don't buy that. I can't. I, there's a part of me that cannot buy that, and I think that's Gary speak for, well, we want to see what NBC gives us, and then we'll talk about it. Well, that would have to be the secondary deal, too. And then on top of that, you're losing out revenue no matter what with uh, fans, lack of fans, or no fans at all. Oh, you're definitely losing revenue there. Like, that's what pays NHL. And that's that's the biggest revenue stream for the NHL. Yep. Um, But where the fans do win in this ESPN-Disney deal is – NHL TV's NHL.tv's gone. ESPN yep, Plus is going to pick it up. Um, and you would think uh, with all the regional agreements with YouTube and with the, all the chaos at YouTube TV with the regional networks, you would think that would help. Of course, the blackout rules apply, but at least from that standpoint, in terms of streaming services, ESPN is ahead of the game. Oh, and and for a guy like me who loves watching the Boston Bruins, loves listening to Jack, loves the Vegas Golden Knights, there is no Mm -hmm. better show in hockey than the Vegas Golden Knights. Like next year, when you got, if you're able to travel to me, I don't know if you've done that trip yet. Do that trip. I was there for the awards a few years back, and uh, the only access we had, well, we had access to the arena, but. It was the expansion draft that year, too. They were holding a T-Mobile arena. And with yeah. all the media availability, and I unfortunately got there a little better than I anticipated, I didn't get to see much of the arena. It was a great backstage area, though. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I didn't see much of the arena at all. I have, I have been out there three times in two years. I've gone to like mm-hmm. six Golden Knights games. I will not – I refuse to go to Devils games now. Um, even though my wife's a Devils fan, I'd well, rather well, go to Boston. That's comparing like going to a <laughs> you're right WWE or AEW event and an indie show. It, it's it, it's exactly the best way of looking at it. It is it, like we were up in Boston for the home opener last year, and mm-hmm. she just looked at me and she goes, "Holy shit, this is what hockey's supposed to be." <laughs> I hope I hope you had some leg room there because with the oh. seating arrangements were my God. So did I tell so you bad. what happened? Did, did, did I tell did, you what happened? I, we what had seats. Yeah, no, I don't think I heard. All right, so we had seats in like the last. I I, I didn't know how the 
I was assuming the 200 level or the top level in the garden was like how Vegas mm-hmm. is, where you like the walkways on the top and you walk down. So I was like, yeah. oh, I'll get the top row. Not did I know that mm-hmm. you enter in the bottom and walk up. Because the only other brewing yeah, game I'd ever been to, I was the only other brewing game I had been to, I was in the alumni suite with Lacator. Mm-hmm. So I was and, like, oh, I can't uh, do well, this they, shit. Have, they have that bar now open on the balcony. I don't think they did when you were there. I think it opened maybe a month later after the season opened, but yeah. It, but you still have to walk up just to get there. Yeah. Once you have so, access to club seating, the new club seating up there, then you can walk down. But nope. Yeah. So what they did was, I was like, look, I'm like, there's no leg room. I'm in the middle of the row. I mean, the guy on top, of me, the guy on top next to me, is like sitting on top of me. He's like man spreading. <laughs> so they put us in a luxury box, and yeah, it was great for sitting in there. But I was like, God damn, y'all are giving away a fucking luxury box every night with free food. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Time me to fuck up. Um, and there was a bar right behind us that served Sam Adams, so I was yep. happy. Um, what do you? What's your take on the Bruins this year? Well, check on Hyde. I think um, when things are good, they're really good right now. And uh, at least over the last few games, when you see them come together for the Wilson hit, when you see them bounce back after poor two games against the Islanders and Devils. and Well, the Islanders game was asked for, but uh, mm-hmm. when you see them bounce back and then they take another step back like they did Saturday. You know, Keith And then Kincaid. on top of that, we talked discussed all the issues already. I can't see them improving their secondary scoring that much at the trade deadline, even if they got a good name, even with like a call of Palmieri this year. But I really – I just think you're stuck with what you have for the most part. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things. Plus, like, who the hell has salary cap room to make a move, first of all? Second mm-hmm. of all, nobody's going to be readily available to you for two weeks, so you're basically trading for them for the playoffs. Well, that takes forever to get guys into the lineup and like, accumulated. And, and with the way the games are this year where you're playing almost every other night, there's no practice time. Right, and then like, you look at the situation north of the border. They, uh, um, the two-week uh, quarantine period is in effect mm-hmm. there if they went to uh, trade with the team north of the border. <laughs> What's it in the yeah. states? Um, I think it's up to teams now. I don't know though, but I think I know it's a Canadian government thing with the with the quarantine up there. So, in really, in effect, you're get, to make a trade this year, you're going to have to trade from your roster, which if you are the Boston Bruins, a guy mm-hmm. who keeps coming up and a guy who I don't think should be coming up, but I think he's, he's playing in a role that doesn't fit his skill set, is Jake DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. He's a third-line player. He He has spark on the second line, but it's not – he's not – that guy yet. And I hate to say it because this is what, third, fourth year in the league? He can get there. He's still young enough, but you need to see more out of him. So then who do you bring up to the second line? You certainly don't bring up Andrus Bjork. I I like Frederick, but I don't think he's a second liner 
at this stage of his career either. And then do you move Stunika to wing in that regard? I don't know. And you can't take Charlie Coyle off that line. Like no. they, like they have, it's, it's so amazing how they just can't find a, a left and a right winger to play with Krejci. Now, is that an, is that an indictment on Krejci? I don't think so. Not as much as people want to think. I mean, he's had to shoot a little more because of the lack of left winners or right winners over the past God knows how many years. So, I mean, it's a good thing that he's shooting, but at the same time, I think it's counterproductive if you think of it that way because he's best when he's uh, when he's a playmaker, when he's a pass first guy, and you, I still think he's a pass first guy for that matter, but he's shooting a lot more than I think even Bruce Cassidy wants him to. Yeah, and, and then defensively, you know, I, I still think that Connor Clifton is one of those guys who you play him, he doesn't make mistakes, he's steady. Nope. I'd almost go much so. He could have a 20-year career in this league, and you'd be like, oh, shit, Connor Clifton's still in the league. Like, he doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I love the kid. It doesn't hurt that he's from Jersey. <laughs> of course, the Jersey <laughs> bias is in effect here. <laughs> it's strong with this one. I mean, how many people outside of his family own Connor Clifton jerseys? Exactly. Ah, there are a few I in mean, Boston. Clippy hockey is um, catching on, I think. I, I think it should. And I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever play him up with McAvoy. Like, I no. would play him with Kevin Miller and just say, all right, go out there and, and play hockey. And that's what he's good for. Um, and the long run, in the long run, I think you could pair him with Vakanen as your third defensive pair. Yeah, I kind of see him as a second defensive pair, though. But what the hell do yeah, I know? Vakanen could be second or third. Well, it depends on who your top four is. I mean, you, you know you have Grizz like McAvoy in – Carlo up there and then loads on when he's healthy. I think uh, you're t- set for your top four there yeah. for a little well, while. Yeah. Like what I'm seeing from Grizzlick in this uh, in, uh, since he's returned. I would doubt I was a little hesitant at the beginning of the year keeping him on the protection list. I think he's finding his way to that right now in one of the three defensive spots. Yeah. And, and that's the thing like teams also have to remember. This isn't going to be like when Vegas had the expansion draft. No. Teams are definitely not going to be like, no, no, we, no, take them. And there's going to be a <laughs> lot of money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you go if you're Boston? And, and it's not even going – It's where do you go going forward? Because at some point you're going to have to redo Pasternak's deal. You can't let him walk. Yep, he's due in – uh, his uh, final year is 2022-23, so you have to redo that. Bergeron's up after next season. Well, him and Marsh should give you a hometown discount. Yeah, and I imagine they will. You know, as a guy but who's around the team... Pasternak's going to get the biggest payday of them all. Oh, absolutely, because he's still the youngest. Yep. Um... Let me throw this one at you. This with Flower last week, and in COVID protocol, 
then it was found out there was a, a false positive. You heard anything at the league saying, like, especially in a, like in a playoff round, what mm-hmm. would be, what the hell do you do then? You say, oh, I wait. think they're just they're winning it right now, just like everyone else with uh, COVID. And I, if thankfully they didn't have the situation in the bubble, but they're not going to be in a bubble this time around, I don't think, where they can no. control everything. No, because especially if you have teams, I know Boston's welcoming fans back soon. Vegas is going up to 20%, possibly 50% by the end of the month or April. Mm-hmm. How do you sit there and go, huh? And that's when teams are just going to have to be like, all right, you're living in a hotel for two months. I mean, I could see him doing the final four if it comes to mm-hmm. that. I and at that point, maybe conditions improve where you don't have to have a bubble, although it wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily, I think, uh, to have a neutral site for the Final Four. Especially with, uh, when it's one of the division winners being from Canada. You don't know what's going to happen with their situation up there. They might have to go to Canada again. See, I want I want to see so bad for Vegas to have the Stanley Cup final. Because I just think again. it's going to be nuts. Again. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to see them have it again. I, I think that the fan base was, was rabid. I think they were afraid of having the games there because we all know what would have happened if Vegas was in the cup final last year. <laughs> or, yep. you know, <laughs> and you have, you know, 10,000 Knights fans sitting out there on Las Vegas Boulevard trying to watch the game at, you know, at some place, and and that's that's just the thing with it. Um, just look at Lakers fans when the Lakers were in the final in the bubble. I, think, I don't think it was until after where they had the celebration and they had the super spreader there for afterwards. But yeah, yeah. Let's see, uh, Oscar Steen. Wait, hold on. Bruins News just kind of. So what, what did Boston just do? Jack Aiken. Well, I read today that uh, DeBrusca is off COVID protocol. I don't know if there's anything else that they – let's see. Uh, Jack Chan, uh, Carson Kuhlman, and Oscar 15 recalled from Providence to Boston Taxi Squad for AHL transactions. Huh. So just – with the road trip coming up, I think they just wanted to get some extra bodies onto your taxi squad. Yeah. And and the good thing is, is that, you know, a lot of it is when you really do look at it, it doesn't cost mm-hmm. you anything to have those guys on the taxi, on the taxi squad. Mm-hmm. Where, if the Bruins finish fourth, which I don't think they will, because I'm sure they'll they have games in hand, they have games in hand on the Islanders. Mm. I didn't think any of the New York teams were going to make it, but then again, I didn't think the Islanders were this good. No. Uh, <laughs> and they, they have also... games with Buffalo still, the Bruins. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's a good chance. I don't know if they. Catch Washington, I think they could catch Pittsburgh. They still have six games with them, and they have two games in hand on them. What, other than the Islanders, because they can't seem to beat them, what team do you look at and go, 
Oh, this is going to be a tough first round matchup. I mean, Washington is they're similar in stature, so I do think it it could be a little bit of a problem. I think it's a winnable series for them, but I don't see that as being uh, as something that's definitely a, a, a series where they can cakewalk by any means. But other than the Islanders, yeah, you're right. I think they it. That's easily the team that will give the Bruins the most problems. And they have four more means with them, all TD Garden. You know, and the thing with the Islanders, too, is when you look at them, yeah, the Islanders have kind of owned them this year, but those games have been very close. With the exception for one, that blowout, which happened on the birthday. And that that happened to be a third-period meltdown. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's all that really. Yeah, it looks worse the night after, I believe, in at MSG. Yeah. Is there anything on Carlo? He's feeling better, but he's not traveling. But the but Cassie said that ever since he got out of the hospital. Yeah. Well, at least he's feeling better. Mm-hmm. We're. You surprised at the uproar not being greater for Wilson and like people defending the hit? I mean, I'm not surprised that they thought, at least they thought in Boston that he got where he, he deserved. And I thought he should, in a regular year, let's put it this way, he was on double digit games, but this is in a regular year, as we all know. So he got the equivalent of double digit games. Yeah. But. And I wasn't surprised by the Capitals fan base trying to uh, make Brad Marchand look bad out of this because the Bruins, because at one point of his career, he was, uh, let's put it this way, Wilson-esque without the head heads, of course, but more of the flu footing and shit like that. Yeah. You know, my biggest problem, here's my biggest problem with the Wilson play. It was premeditated because it started in the neutral zone. He got blown mm-hmm. up, and then he went head by Frederick. By, by Frederick. Frederick. And then he you could hear you know, him. You could hear him go all Rick Flair after hitting Wilson there, after getting Wilson's face. <laughs> um, but then poor Carlo. My problem with the whole play was Verona. I thought Verona should have gotten something mm-hmm. for his part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least two for cross-checking. Yeah, the fact that that they, wasn't called in the answer. Take Wilson out the equation, that's probably a two-minute cross-check. I kid you not. Yeah. Um, yeah With I got, Wilson I, in the equation, I, I, I think they actually swallowed their whistle in that regard. Because I think, uh, yeah, seriously, backwards officiating is finest. Although, say we went about NHL officiating in general, it's a shit show if you play it that way. Oh, it's been terrible this year. Yeah, for the last how many years again? Since Since the Stone Age? Since they went to four officials. Yeah. 
I don't understand how you have four officials on the ice and guys miss shit. I, I just really, mm-hmm. I, I can only get it. Because two are de facto officials, and the two linesmen, uh, I don't know if one of them can call penalties, certain penalties now or what, but uh, and when they started, uh, they were just strictly there to uh, for icing and offside calls. Yeah. And then they even get those right all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. And now we have replay review over there, and fraction of an offside can be challenged about two minutes after a goal. Oh, it's horrible. It is horrible. Oh, it's awful. But then again, you Bram have Marchand had a had a um, uh, Bram Marchand had a few things to say about that after the Wilson hit that they, and this is where they could easily review headshots. Again, like they do in college football. And I think college hockey as well. I, I don't understand why the NHL didn't put that in there. But then again, it wasn't as big a deal. Like when we did the show 10 years ago, this was a big deal. Mm-hmm. This was a, I felt like a weekly occurrence where we were talking about Matt Cook did something stupid or this guy did something stupid or Rinaldi did something stupid. And then, uh, I mean, Luch is just that, aside from that <laughs> ramming into Tatcharetti. Oh God, remember that those episodes? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Where in, in Canada, one to have Char arrested. Yeah, I remember. Right? Montreal, yep. Investigation. Where the French newspapers out there call them a murderer. Tatcharetti's just fine now. Yeah, he was watching Hall Pass. He was watching all pass a couple weeks later, and and Dr. Mark Recchi gave him the appropriate diagnosis for that. Now, I'm not trying to downplay what Patrick went through, obviously, but the actions speak louder than words. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and that, and, and that was a clean hockey hit. Yeah, a clean hit. You know, that wasn't anything in my – that wasn't like – over the line dirty, you know, it wasn't like, you know, some of the hits that Scott Stevens used to throw. Um, mm-hmm. But I just look at, you know, a guy like Wilson, he got it for a couple years. Most people, most guys in the NHL won't stand up to him. And he's frustrated because Trent Frederick is. And he's going, I he ain't getting mm-hmm. a skater in here. You're Friggin' goon. Uh, and that, and then, I mean, he picks the spots. He picks the spots well. And then yeah. when you do want, when people do want to challenge Frederick, they do it through heads from behind, like Brendan Lemieux did last, yesterday. Oh, I was just, you know what? I wanted to bring that up. I had, a, I unfortunately had to watch that game on MSG yesterday. I. I wanted Scotty to be on here so I could just rip on Micheletti, but I'll do it with you. <laughs> Joe Micheletti's a fucking stooge. God. He's a stooge and a sellout. That dude. And there he the is. Did you care how he defended? He fell over backwards defending Lemieux. And then you I see the Rangers fan base. 
they see some the Rangers fan base on Twitter. Not all, but some of them echo the Like he throws a dirty hit on Frederick near the boards. And unfortunately the Bruins backup opens the door so he goes right through. Mm-hmm. But don't sit there and go, oh, well, the reason why he got hurt was because the door was open. How about the fact that Brendan Lemieux is a piece of shit, just like his father, and he's a cheap shot artist? That was a cheap <laughs> shot. Who's going to be the one who refuses to shake Brendan Lemieux's hand at, during, at the end of a playoff series? They're not going to have to worry about it because the Rangers aren't going to make the playoffs. Not this year, but somewhere down the line they will. Whether Lemieux's on the team or not, I don't know. I'm sure he'll make the playoffs at some point. Well, I sure as hell ain't going to make – he's not going to be on that team. I don't think he's long for them. And, and it was funny. Like, it was a couple weeks ago. They, they played that Sunday afternoon game. And mm-hmm. Lingren turtled. Yep. And then you had to hear Ranger fans say how tough he is and this and that. I go, he fucking turtled. Can't put – you can't push a guy onto your goalie's head and then – when the guy comes to get his – when you should get your comeuppance, you – turtle. That was horrible. Terrible. Terrible. T-E-R-U-B-L-E. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> um, but that's a thing. Like that's a thing. Like everybody kills Marshand, and you just say, "Yeah, if he was on your team, you would absolutely love him." The same way people killed PK Subban for that, for the same thing. Oh no, PK Subban sucks. Now he does, yeah. But when he was in Sprite, he was, he was a diver thing. and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, no, Marshand died too. Let's put it this way. Yeah. yeah, but Marshan's three feet or he tall. Used to. I don't think he does that as much anymore. No, because he understands that he has to be on the ice. Like, yep. that's the one thing that Marshan finally got. If I'm on the ice... It took a look... It took a look to do it, but... Yeah. But the other thing that he... You know, the suspensions he had, the stupid shit he did. Okay. But he got over it. Mm-hmm. And he realized, I'm better, and this team's better when I'm on the ice. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's the great thing about him, was like he grew out of that shit. I mean, last night I watched Tory Krug get called for high-sticking a puck, and I go, there's no way he could high-stick a puck. He's three foot four. Right, Marsha? Uh, yeah. There's no way the down chart could either because when the guy <laughs> sticks a puck at that, yeah. It's at belt level. Um, yeah. Were you shocked they, move on, they moved on from Char? They're going to, so eventually, I thought if this was the year to, if they were going to do it, it was going to be this year. Whether it was Char retiring or telling him to move somewhere else. So, I'm not entirely shocked, but at the same time, you look at, at how short-handed the Bruins' defense is now when they had to get Jared Tenorti on waivers. I mean, he's done an okay job so far, but he's no charer. 
And no. I don't think – I don't know if Char was taking that – I think he was taking the second roll, but I don't know if it was going to be at the expense of a younger player. And that's what Sweeney um, – that's what Swinney told him, essentially. And, and it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to be in the lineup every night either. So I think a team like Washington, that was a perfect opportunity for them, a win-now type of team to add a little defensive depth and uh, get him aboard. Yeah, like, Char is start, he started to slow down, and it's kind of like the Brady thing. It's like, all right, how much longer do I want to pay for this? I mean, yeah, obviously, we all know what Tom did <laughs> this year with Tampa. Yeah, but it was like the year. It was like the perfect year. It's like, all right, you got rid of Tom. Okay, <laughs> it's not gonna be that big of a deal here if we get rid. If he moves on, no, not at all. It would have been a bigger deal five, ten years ago. Not now. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, at that point, you know, I mean, Chara, I never understood why they in big power play spots why he wasn't just standing in front of the net. Because he is a damn tree. Right. You know, like, and, and that like was one of the great things about doing situations. It's not something, it's, he's not yeah. someone you want on the ice every power play because you want to manage his minutes. But say five on three, for example, he'd be perfect. Five on three, down a goal eight, five on four. Mm-hmm. You know, you need one. Even on, you know, six on five when you're down a goal, you know. Park his ass mm-hmm. around the net. And, you know, we remember 2013. Um, exactly. Of all the Bruins memories that you have outside of the cup, because the cup is obviously, we've talked about that. One game that you've covered that you just were, thank God I was here and getting paid to do it. That would, for me, I, Fortunately, I wasn't there game seven of the lead series. Otherwise, I would have said that. But right before that was the first game after the marathon bombings. Mm-hmm. Ah, that was that was a tough night. It was. But it was emotional. But you know what? There was so much coming together and mm-hmm. so much unity in that building that night that everything, that the game was, we all knew it was going to be secondary to begin with the end result but it just really proved how 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 tight-knit the Boston community is and still is you know I I've made this I've I've said this to people you know I live in New York you know I live in the New York area Mm -hmm. and after 9-11 Yankee fans were still Yankee fans Met fans were still Met fans Yankee fans hated the fact that Piazza hit the home run right and I remember saying, I said to my wife, too, recently, we were watching Patriots Day, and I said, you know, could you imagine telling New Yorkers, and we saw it, and it, and it kind of, this whole COVID thing has kind of basically showed, like, that I was 100% right on this. Imagine telling New Yorkers to stay the hell home. They're still going to go out mm-hmm. and do shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And, like, in Boston, they're like, hey, we're trying to find this guy. All right, we'll stay home. <laughs> yeah, <Cool>. Exactly. <laughs> that and was just course, a war. Turned out that was just a warm-up. Right? Yeah. That's funny. I had, I had rotator cuff surgery last January. So, for mm-hmm. two months, I couldn't do anything anyway, you know. 
and I was like, oh, this is like perfect, you know, like, all right, this sucks. All right. You know, we'll get to March and weather will get better, you know, drive over to the beach and sit there after therapy and whatever. And then COVID hit. I'm going, fuck, I've been doing this for two months already. This sucks balls. Let me go out. Let me do something, you fucks. I wound up being at like Well, Walmart the only thing these like. days you could go label liquor stores essential for my part. Christ for that. <laughs> I drank so much proper number 12 Irish whiskey, it wasn't even funny. Oh, my God. Like, we started proper like number 12. I got that for you. Here, where the hell is it? Proper whiskey, you say? Well, this blend of fine golden grain and single malt comes from the oldest distillery in Ireland. Because we are not here to take part. We are here to take over. Proper number 12, Irish whiskey. Is there any worse cameo to buy than Dave LaGreca? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I could uh, imagine paying 25 bucks to have him rant. Um, So we think the ESPN deal is going to be good. We think NBA is going to be the second. Is that the safest? Absolutely. An extension. Sorry, you're cutting off a little bit. Let me get my cell phone in there. What do you think of the what do you think of the Jordan Bennington extension? Well, it just who would have thought uh, a number of years ago the cup pointer while alone getting this extension and I haven't looked at St. Louis's um cap situation. Let me look at that. Well, I mean, it, they helped out. So it's six. Yeah. Yeah. Six million reasonable for him. For sure. And Sixteen million project um, projected cap space. If it is indeed flat, a little less than sixteen million actually. So, it was somewhat of a friendly deal, but I don't know if it's in the long run. I don't know. Is he going to be this? Is he going to sustain that space over uh, the next how many years he has on scale? I don't know. Yeah, to me, it's like one of those things where it's like you kind of caught lightning in a bottle with him. Mm-hmm. And while that's great, they have a ton of money being used in LTIR right now. Yeah. Um, what happens in the next I mean, granted, like talking about the next CBA is like five years away now. Are they going to rework this whole LTIR business? Especially with this, with how Tampa's using it right now? Yeah, I think they're going to look into that. I, I, I would look into that if I were in their shoes, let's put it that way. Because there's no way Tampa should be uh, should be able to maneuver around that. Now, you can restructure it in a way and still try to get um, some benefits out of it, uh, some cap relief out of it, but there's no way this can sustain for long. Yeah, because this is like 
or put in a cap door in the playoffs because this is ridiculous. They're using 17 million of LTIR right now with mm-hmm. with Kucherov being 9.5 of it, and then the Gabrick thing. Gabrick's never going to play a game for them. Like yeah. it's just a joke. Seriously. It was really like when the what is it, one of the Bruins Devils trades and like here's Mark Savard, put him on your cap and it's like, what the really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was his trade to Florida, I believe. And then um after Warren got hurt, uh, Toronto did the same thing when they trade with Columbus. Yeah. And then David I, Clarkson, how many times has he been shipped around just I to think he was on use him on L T R I think he was a golden knight. I, you couldn't quote yeah. me on that, but I think he was a golden knight. And I think Mark Savard was a devil at some point. Like, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Bronker, Arizona Coyote, great. <laughs> oh, the devil. Marion Hosa, same thing. I'm shocked the devils didn't start selling Mark Savard jerseys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so... What do you let's see, Boston? Who else is like intriguing to you this year? I've only watched most of the games I watched at the end of division, but the one I would say Carolina could be intriguing if they get their goaltending straightened out. Florida is very interesting, I won't say that, but other than that. If you had a pick Toronto's a still going to in the playoffs. They still have no defense. <laughs> they don't play Boston in game seven, so, you know, they, they have a chance. No. If you could do it right now, who's your top four? Who's your final four? I would say I'd go with the Islanders in the East, not the Burroughs. Wow. I'd go with Tampa just because they're still a wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, <laughs> Canadian division is a toss-up. Really, it's a cluster. Yeah. And in the West, I still go with Vegas. No, I go with Colorado if they can straighten things out. Colorado was one of my was my preseason pick to win it anyway, so I can't really jump off that wagon quite yet. Yeah, they're they're very. They, you want to talk about Jekyll and Hyde? That's Colorado. Yeah, like I I get that there's injuries there. But they have no goaltending. No. Like, if you could legitimately shut down McKinnon, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> McKinnon, that top line, too. Yeah. They have a little more depth than some of the teams that are so top-heavy, but not as much as um, they should. And I'm still waiting for Nazem Kadri to do something stupid. I really am. Oh, you'll have to wait for the playoffs for that to happen. <laughs> like to me, Toronto, Montreal in the first round of the playoff series is going to be great. And Edmonton can just outscore Edmonton, Toronto could be like watching an arena football game. Yeah. I get really oh. good. Well, what well, Calgary sneaks in and in the final, we have Calgary and Edmonton. Thank God. God, all if I, and if you think about it, if you like, you really want to be the one seed. Like you want to be the one seed yeah. going into the final four. 
for no other reason than that may keep you away from the Islanders, Tampa, and, you know, like, you could, if, that 2-3 is going to be a fucking war. 1-4 may not mm-hmm. be. 2-3 is going to be a war. And if you're that 2-3, God, you're hoping the 4 somehow beats the 1. That's their only hope. Yeah. Well, we all know Tampa. Tampa, yeah. I, I think it's going to be one of those things. Kucherov is going to come back and it may actually hurt them because yeah. he's going to get arrested. I, like, so I think that, yeah, he's going he to get back, but if you're Tampa, why even bother? If you're and Tampa, you can't a, bring him another back. another problem in and of itself. You can't keep him off the ice, but at the same time, you can't put him in there and be in and breath going over his sour cap and having him make more moves just to get under. And that could be a detriment to that team. Because, it, it, like, honestly, if you really think about like, they that's $9 million. They're 17 over. They're using $17 million of of it in LTIR. Mm-hmm. They would have to make at least three moves. Like, would they move on from Coleman at that point? Because if you're going to do that, and I'm the biggest called the Knights, I go, okay, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. Or even Barclay Goodrow. It makes a little less, but to do something. Do you move in, uh, someone with a, a decent uh, a decent term and decent salary, like uh, Anthony Torelli or Alex Kalorn? You can move Torelli, I don't think he's still no. got several great years ahead of him. I think Kalorn, depending on the circumstances, you could get something if, at least some cap relief there, but you risk losing a good two-way guy there. Yeah, like right now they have zero in cap space. <laughs> they mm-hmm. have zero cap space. So if you are going to bring even him next, back Even now, next year, when you – even next year, there's still $3 million over cap space with what they have. Yeah. Well, they lose Coleman. They lose Gaudreau next year because they're UFA. Yeah. But they lose they, Luke Shen. Cap friendly, they're three million. They have a little more than $3 million, uh, over in projected cap space right now. Holy cow. Even – yeah. So they're praying that the NBC <laughs> – <laughs> They're praying this NBC deal comes in and helps. Even if let's put it this way, even if it if they do increase the salary cap, it's not going to increase not, by much. Maybe a million tops. No. Yeah, and and there's a lot of teams that are going to have to take um, compliance compliance um, buyouts just to help them next year to make additions. Like I, I could see the NHL actually doing the, a compliance buyout period, like they did after a lockout for what a year or two. Yeah. No, like you, you look at a team like Vegas, they have a ton of guys that are UFAs in two years. Mm-hmm. Like next year, they only have they don't have much coming off the books, but you know that doesn't really help you. I mean, God, if they win the cup and Flower retires, that gives them seven million dollars of space. But what does that do for you? 
Yeah, well, at the same time, I don't know if it's under the current circumstance or previous circumstances, as we mentioned, with Mark Savard essentially ending his career and um, after the cook, after, what was it? It was Colorado, I believe, after mm-hmm. the second, his second concussion. But um, they, I mean, we talked about teams putting him on LTIR essentially just to get him cap relief because I don't know if it's a situation where if you retire, you still in the contract still fully guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just like one of those things where you start like looking around the league and you look at like, where's Boston next year at the cap? The cap uh, right now. They're fifty. They have some cap space. They have twenty million right now in projected cap space. They have thirteen guys um, under contract for next year right now. Yeah, and they have a. Carlos do an extension. That's yeah. the one significant. Yeah. Kosh, you won't keep. No. John Moore, God, that was. I know, $2.75 million, but that term, disaster. You know, it's funny. I was sitting there, we were, it was uh, the year after the Devils made the playoffs when I was up with, um, up at the uh, alumni box with, you know, with Nifty and everything. And, and Nifty says, I thought New Jersey was good last year. And I'm like, yeah, they played a lot of backup goaltenders. Um, <laughs> I was like, and you can't tell me, honestly, that John Moore was the guy, was the glue that kept that whole thing together. <laughs> but maybe he was. <laughs> yeah. Because they had a crummy goaltender. <laughs> and then Kincaid's played well. Um this is like the hardest thing with Boston. It's like you've wasted all these guys' great careers. You've, we've wasted Tuca's great career. Really, mm-hmm. if Tuca decides, like, this is it, I'm hanging him up. Because isn't he up next year? Yeah, he's up too. So I, and, it's just – And yeah. I know I saw a report that they wanted to extend their, uh, both Braskin and Locke at least for another year. But mm-hmm. I, I could see if Tuca wants to play, I could see him – Certainly see him doing that, and then you have Vladar, who uh, next year I believe is on a one-way contract anyway. So assuming things go normal, do you risk having a younger backup hit the market like they did with Subi- Mar- Malcolm Subban a few years back? Well, <laughs> Malcolm Subban couldn't stop a puck in Providence, and no, what they were able to you get know for what? him he, with Boston. He, when he played the Bruins that year, he was more like um, Ken Dryden than anyone else. Well, he, 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 you know, he played up for that game because he was like, why did they trade me? Yeah, I don't get why they traded me. Sure. Yeah, he stopped. Yeah. But I'm but, waivers. They didn't even get anything in return. Yeah. And, and you know what? In Vegas had to make that move because, you know, Flower was hurt and they had, they went, they went through five goaltenders that first year and still made the Stanley Cup final. I know. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. Whereas the year before, the Bruins went through four goaltenders and got Claude Julien fired. Were you shocked he got fired when he did this year? No. Uh, this year? Um, well, I wasn't. 
I I wasn't shocked he got fired well, by, the, by the Bruins. No, I it took not at all. Um, for Montreal, I thought they could have waited him out a little longer because uh, I, I, what, what's the new coach doing there now? Just as good, right? I mean, it, it's not like they had a bump, a big bump like they did the Bruins did with when Cassidy came in. So I thought, I thought going in, if they didn't make the playoffs, he was gone. I think I thought he was going to lapse the season. So. I guess I'm surprised in that regard, absolutely. Yeah, like, that whole move with that was just like, all right. Like, I could have seen that coming beforehand. Um, I honestly thought it should have been, even in, in Montreal last year, if you were going to do it this early, you should have done it last year. You know, what, you felt yeah. bad that you were going to do it because he, you know, had the heart problem and then surgery and everything. But, oh, look mm-hmm. at it. You won a round. Congratulations. Um. I guess an aging Pittsburgh team. Yeah. That's the scary thing with Pittsburgh is they are so New England Patriot-like that they've gone for it all these years. They've traded all these picks. They've traded all this young talent. And now you look at it and go, there's actually honestly talk that they're thinking about moving Crosby. I know. And – if Boston's one of the teams that he wants uh, to go uh, to? Don't tell that to Felger. He'll want David Pasternak traded for Crosby straight up right away. <laughs> hey, leave the puppet alone. We love the Felger and Mass puppets in my house. <laughs> the puppets I'm fine with. It's Felger and Mass, the people. <laughs> I will All say right. this, though. I, I mean, I, I, you look at the chemistry Crosby had with Marchand and Bergeron. And in their national play, I don't whether that can they can sustain that over a long season. I don't know, but there's your problem. There's also your problem right there with secondary scoring. If you could keep Pasternak and trade for Sidney Crosby, yeah. Well, you know, and here's the thing. Speaking of Boston sports radio, um, are you looking forward to the midday wars now? As I am. Oh, they. Yeah, I think so. Gresham Gress versus Beatles. I tell you, I talked to Andy Friday night when he when he announced it. And I said, mm-hmm. Oh man, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> I was like, I love you and I like Zoe, but man do I hate fucking Beetle. God do I hate Beetle. Beatles I can't listen to it anymore because of it. No. They're going to wind up and realizing they so many, uh, Whether it's him, whether it's Adam Jones, you see them try to copy Felger, and it just doesn't work. Because Adam Jones, before he went to 985, was actually a pretty reasonable host. And then all of a sudden, he tried to take hot takes on steroids, mm-hmm. uh, Felger style, and that hasn't worked for him. He caters to a... He caters to uh, the teen audience too. I mean, that's who listens to him at night. But yeah, it comes or, or across he, very, he's, very he's amateurish. You think he's like? I think he's like a phony DA. Yeah, like where they should have kept Rich Keith and given Rich Keith that spot. Like they should have mm-hmm. kept Zoe and Zoe and Gresh and Zoe together because there was nothing wrong with that duo. Other than the fact that you were afraid of losing Beetle, and I don't know why you would be that afraid of losing Beetle. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he was rising at the time when he was Felger and Mantis sidekick. Oh, all they wanted really, and I I call him this all the time. I call him the Boston version of Chris Carlin. And I I think that Chris Carlin is buku, boatloads talented. Like he he's very good, and they looked at Beetle and said, "Oh, he kind of looks like Harden, that fat white guy. Let's take him." Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, damn, what else do we got? Eichel, God save him. I would trade him. <laughs> I would somebody. I feel bad for him. He's not going to play anytime soon, right? No. If I were him, I'd take the rest of the season off. Yeah, if I if I'm definitely if I'm them, I do it. Let's put it this yeah. way. If the Sabres want David Pasternak or Charlie McAvoy, or, mind you, that's a non-starter. I don't trade him up there. They I don't trade for Jeff. I don't trade him. They're both. They're the yeah, well, they want both. They're asking nice for both, and that's a non-starter. That's to Buffalo me, for you. To me, that's nice. Um, uh, what do you call it? That's, uh, that's, that's, it's nice to want. I think is the the term my dad used to say to me when I told him yeah. I wanted a pair of Jordans. Yeah, it's nice to want. Um, <laughs> yeah, that the Taylor Hall thing isn't going to work. I knew that was going to work. It hasn't worked. It wasn't going to work. He's a cancer. Yeah. Taylor Hall is never going to make the playoffs again. He's going to sign with every bottom-feeding team and never make the playoffs. He'll sign with Montreal next year. Make more. And destroy them. Or he'll sign with, you know, Toronto will find a way to fit him under the salary cap. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he'll take a discount. Yeah. Yeah. You could be Austin Matthews' bitch. No, that's okay. No, no. And then Toronto, didn't you use that money on defense? Oh, wait, another goal scorer? Sign us up for that. If Freddie Anderson is a free agent at the end of the year, too, screw him. We'll play Jack Campbell. We'll play Jack it, Campbell, and he'll be in over his head with this defense. It, uh, to me, they're, they're the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, draft yeah. us another wide receiver. Jerry, you need defense. Fuck it. Well, I'll score him. Imagine like if he actually went ahead. Imagine if he went ahead and drafted Johnny Manziel. That would have been awesome. That would have been priceless. <laughs> no, it's the equi- I'll put it this way. It's the equi- Johnny Manziel being drafted by the Cowboys would be the equivalent of John Torrella coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I hope uh, he – I, I, I will so. go to my grave if he actually does that, if he actually coaches the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's does what he I'll get, add. I have on my tombstone. Does he get shit canned soon? Because I think – his he shit is starting to get old there. He, he has to. And that makes the dream one step closer because Toronto's not going to do anything in the playoffs. They'll panic, fire him, and say, we need defense. We need shot blocking. We need grid. We need torque. Yeah, that would go well with Austin Matthews. and, and, uh, and, and <laughs> He'll be yeah, getting traded. And John Tavares and Mitch Marner and all of them. Yeah, that will go over well. 
West Springfield. Where to find? How far out is West Springfield? <laughs> yeah, buy some of that AJ's Army shit, and it's just all damn hard to buy. Um, yeah. I was shocked Barstool didn't do something for him. I was because a Barstool too. usually. I, yeah. I heard some. I, I said, well, are we uh, spend checklists in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm kind of shocked they didn't do something, but I guess because Barstool is doing the Barstool fun, they didn't want to take away from it. And, and kudos to them for that. Like, I yeah. have no problem with that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure they'll do something. Yeah. Yeah, they'll pick up when, like, or they just probably reached out or, you know, Wit probably teach, reached out and they's like, ah, we kind of don't want Barstool attached to this. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll, that could we'll be. Yeah. Um, Tom Fitzgerald has a one-year deal with the Devils. How fucking dumb is that? <laughs> I I I don't understand why you would only give the guy a one-year deal. But then again, it's the fucking Devils. I don't understand anything they do unless Marty Brodeur wants to take over that job next year. But they're they're a dumpster fire. Lindy Ruff was the wrong hire. Um, well, unless you want to stay in the bottom, Lindy Ruff's your guy. Well, they, no, yeah. trust the process, you know. It's the same they need a bottom out, yeah. Yeah, they bottomed out and they signed Nico Heischer to a seven point two five million dollar contract that made me almost. Dr- as soon as I heard that, I was driving up to Boston. I almost drove off a fucking bridge. Now you got to be fucking <laughs> kidding me. What? Yeah. Seven point what? For who? No, fuck you. Extend Tom Harry. God damn it. <laughs> Jack, you should walk in and be like, I want fucking John Tavares money if you're giving that dickhead $7 million. <laughs> Worst fucking number one overall pick in history. Oh, after Brian won. Um, yeah, Patrick no. Stefan still takes the cake. He missed it. True. Empty netter. That's all you need to know. When he skated in to the, the Edmonton game, I still remember that. Ooh, big fucking And the Oilers come back up the ice and score. Yeah, like, the it's so... To me, it's funny. Like, I, I look at Toronto. Like, a Toronto-Edmonton series would be, like, 85 Oilers versus whoever. Did this? Did did seriously? Did this? Did the Senators beat them again? By the way, I love NHL.com. Uh, website's so much better than it used to be. Uh, oh, I can only imagine Steve Dangle tomorrow. Oh God, that guy's awesome. I fucking he love is. him. I remember after the uh, Bruins won the conference final. Oh my it God, was in yeah. Carolina. Just meltdown. Yeah, yep, I know so part of it was show, but I think part of it was actually damn real. <laughs> his his meltdown after the um, after thirteen game seven, game seven yeah. is like he he started off Dangus this week with the New Jersey Devils and just started laughing. If I play that in my house, my wife pees herself laughing. <laughs> 
Like she legitimately awesome. yelled. She yelled at me the other day. She's like, "You gotta, you gotta get that. Put it on the show. Play it whenever you talk about the Devils." And I'm like, "I haven't had an epic Devils rant in a couple of weeks, honey." She's like, "Well, do it." Um. God, and you know what the worst is? I don't even like the Devils, and I have epic Devil rants because I feel bad for Devil fans. Like, I really do. Like, the Devil fans are just at the point. What? Uh, Like, Devil fans to me are just like, they're gluttons for fucking punishment. Uh, Yeah, no. I mean, in that regard, yes, but it's a double whammy because I'm sure a few of them are Jets fans, too. Oh, definitely. Um, and, and the worst is, I, I really do feel bad for them. They, they are gluttons for punishment, and they keep taking this shit. And it's like, you keep barely showing up. Like, when they said they were going to have, like, 1,800 people at games, I'm going, no, it's not really. It's the same amount of people you know. Not really out the norm. Yeah, yeah like, that's how many people you normally have. That's 100% capacity for you. Eat a bag of dicks. Here, let me see if I can get this to play. Right, this, right up there is, with uh, Dennis in yeah. Florida. <laughs> yeah. All right, here, this is what he does. This the week. <laughs> my wife loses her shit every time she hears it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Steve's Dangits, where we look at the biggest dangits from around the this, this guy's great. I bought, his, I bought the fucking audio book so I can listen to him. Um, Timmy, you should do this more often, pal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I uh, missed the hell the out of you. I'll make an attempt to call in. I missed the hell out of you. I wish Scotty like talks to me at like five to eight, and he goes, "I can't do it." I'm like, "Fuck you." But I'm like, "Oh, no problem." Rosie's I wonder if on. we're still going to spend a half hour talking about a random matchup between the Senders and Sabers one of these days. Oh my god! Like we do imagine. Oh my god! No, Brian hasn't called in yet. Um, uh, I'm Sam What's he doing? Uh, he's good. We do we do a show on Friday nights once in a while. Yeah. Um, that turns into a gong show, and I don't <laughs> even. I, I I rarely invite anybody onto it because it's such a shit show. Um, because Derek comes on, and you know Derek starts pushing buttons. Um, yep. But the weasel's not around, so that that always makes life easier um but uh yeah no everybody's everybody's good you know it's kind of funny how like i just it's like i had the shoulder surgery last year and i'm like you know i'm fucking sitting at home doing nothing i might as well do the show and well here yeah. i am brought the hockey show back you know, it's guys like oh can we get this person to call in i'm like shut up we're not doing that shit like and he was like, oh, could you get, like, Greca? No. ESPN's putting their fucking no. trade embargo down again. Um, oh, shit. Yep, they did it this week. Nobody from ESPN can go anywhere. Uh, it, be... it, is that just a regional thing, or is that more outside? I know I, know I read somewhere that they had ESPN had that and since dropped it because someone complained about that. They had it, dropped it, and then I think they brought it back because I think they did it to McAfee, where they told ESPN oh, yeah, to bring right. on McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. 
Yeah. But again, I looked at it like this. I'm like, well, then that means McAfee doesn't work for you anymore. Because if you're going to do that to him, then you can't ask him to be on your shows. Right. Well, so. career he's turned out to have. Oh, my God. Media, but he's killing, he was killing it in NXT. Yeah. He really was. I just think they have nothing for him. And it's, you know, they're like our yeah. the thing. But, like, everybody, like, I got a buddy who who does, like, digital for, he does, like, the bump and shit. Like, he was, like, and he was, like, McAfee's, like, the greatest guy we've ever worked with. Like, he cares. He loves it. He, you Mm -hmm. know, he shakes everybody's hand. He he says hello to everybody. Like, he's not a terrible guy. And I was, like, I kind of didn't think he was a terrible guy. No, he never came across that way. Magic, sure, but not terrible. Yeah. I mean, he could have. I mean, he definitely could have, um, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, how's uh, you, all you guys do is Zoom now? Yeah. That's got to be fucking torture. No locker room access. Um, I haven't actually been on site yet just because I have to rely on public transit. Right now, mm-hmm. and I definitely until I get the vaccine, I'm not even touching yeah. public transit. Hey, I work on it. Ubers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as fun as it sounds. Let me tell you. It is. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then um, like I'm in Newark, and like I, like when the Devils had their big thing, I was like, I was kind of like, you're, you're surprised by this, right? Like you're surprised that the Devils got it. Okay, great. No. Not, um, not in a million years. A little more surprising that Buffalo had it, maybe because there's absolutely nothing to do up there. But oh my! Well, my but, favorite was Brian told me that um, somebody was blaming Buffalo on the fact that the Devils got it. <laughs> when in doubt, blame Buffalo. Yeah. Well, you know who who that was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was like. Although I will say, last time I was, last time I was in Buffalo, uh, a few years back when I did the opening, uh, opening night road trip, the mm-hmm. opening week road trip, it wasn't that bad because I was staying right across from the arena. And that area isn't too bad. They have a nice little harbor center there where they practice. They had Tim Hortons there. They even had a decent sports bar that was open till two a.m. In Buffalo, no less. You know, it's it's fun. I was kind of hoping that the Islanders would push back the new arena to next year so that like they can have mm-hmm. like at least half the season there with like fans so that fans can properly say goodbye to the barn. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I've never been to a game there and I was kinda of like disappointed. And then now it's like I'm never, I'm never, I played there. We'll never get to um, get to see a game there because I've heard it's not the worst building in the world, but I've heard it's a great no. atmosphere. Yeah. The mausoleum. I, yeah. I had the, it's Barclays, let's put it that way. I oh. covered a game there and yeah, even, even the, um, even the um, even the backstage area wasn't uh, suffice for hockey standards. Let's put it that way. 
I love the yeah, uh, uh, SUV though in the corner. Yeah, that's 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 funny. Oh, that's because it wasn't built. Like I went to see Raw there the night the Rock came back, and went off on like Lana and Rusev and called him the Moscow Moose yeah. Knuckle and all that stuff. Like I was there that night, and I like left that building and I said, never fucking again. <laughs> like no. could not pay like, me to come here. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather go for a Raw or anything else other than Rocky if I were to go there. But in, mm. in, at least from a public transit standpoint, but uh, every, essentially every route on the subways, um, doesn't every route stop there essentially? It's a lot. It, it's It may not be yeah. all of them, but it's definitely a lot. So at least in, access, yeah, like, in terms of access, it's pretty good, but there's nothing around that area. Nothing no, uh, that really catches my eye, I should say. Well, the, the, the great thing is it's what? Well, there's Junior's, Junior's Cheesecake is, I don't know, about six blocks up. Mm-hmm. That's a reason to go there. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, I mean, it's proximity, proximity to Lower Manhattan's great. Mm-hmm. But the Nets should have never left. Should have never left New Jersey. Like they should have stayed no. in the Prudential Center. Prudential Center for basketball is great. There were a ton of scene hall games there. It's great. Um, but yeah, no. And the Nets were there for a year before they moved to Brooklyn, right? Year or two. Yeah. It was definitely a year or two. There's Seton Hall still um who the fuck else is Yeah, that building I mean, I honestly could see the devils moving. I really could. To where? To where is the question? Quebec. Because I can't see it moving to Houston. I think that's going to be Arizona's last resort. In fact, uh, the only reason why I think they moved to the Central Division was to set up that Houston-Dallas rivalry down the road. Yes. I can honestly see the Devils going Quebec. Quebec. That makes all yeah. sense in the world. And what, yeah, to me, Let's put it this way. It would either be them or Florida. I don't know if Florida's moving. Because here's the thing about Florida. If they had the arena in, the X in Fort Lauderdale itself, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Or Miami. They have it right across from a strip mall. Even Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> you know, if you don't want to yeah. deal with all the hassle of Miami, Fort Lauderdale's a good alternative. Yeah. I, I the, the problem with Jersey is all right. You could say whatever you want about the Meadowlands, but it was it was ridiculously greatly right. Like it was right off of you know the Turnpike. The Parkway is not that far away. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's in the middle of freaking nowhere. Like the W, right? Oh yeah. The problem be, the problem with Newark is it's a uh, Newark. Yeah. It's, you know, and if you don't live in Manhattan or 
Hudson County, which is like across the river, like Jersey City, Hoboken. Getting there by train's a pain in the dick. Yeah. Like, it's not the terminus. Like, Penn Station, North Station, they're terminuses. Right? So if you're mm-hmm. coming from here, you can stop there. If you're, you know, even from North Station, it's not a pain in the balls. Or from South Station, it's not a pain in the balls to get to the yeah. garden. The Prudential Center. Yeah, I think the best way for the garden, by the way, if you take a train is Orange Line, yeah, Back Bay goes directly to North Station if you pick it up there. Yeah. Oh, no, I stay. Instead uh, of going all the way to South Station, but yeah. Yeah, when I go up there, I stay at the um, the Lowe's. That's like right a block and a half away from from Back Bay. So yeah. I take Amtrak up. Amtrak drops me off mm-hmm. and walk a block and a half, and you know it just sucks when you're hungry after a game and there's nothing open. Boston for you. Oh my God. I said to the guy, the um, guy at the hotel, I said, "Where the fuck can you get something to eat this late?" He goes, "Welcome to Boston." I'm like, "A dumb joke." Uh, yeah, but no, oh man, I was, actually, I was hoping, I should have stayed by the arena, but, you know, I wanted to watch the UFC fight, and I'm like, oh, well, I got a train to catch tomorrow anyway, so fuck it, or I got a plane, yeah, I got a plane to catch tomorrow morning anyway, so fuck it, um, mm-hmm. next time I come up, we got to get together. For sure, or if I find my way down the New York area, absolutely. Hey, I work... In Newark. So if you ever come down here <laughs> and you're covering a game, you could stay at my house. I don't really care. I'll just drive you up and we can hang out there. Good. I have mm-hmm. to be with my boss. I'm sure won't be yeah. staying near the airport anyway. <laughs> I don't live near the airport. I'm halfway between <laughs> New York and Philly, kid. <laughs> it's expensive okay. up there. Hey, bad. Congratulations to WWE 24-7 champion... Bad Bunny for winning the Grammy Award for Best Latin Pop Album. What? They missed an opportunity to do it. Um, they missed an opportunity then to have the 24-7, uh, 24/7 segment at the Grammys. And on SNL a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. Like, I really think it's really thing for um, our at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pal, good time. Um, figure I'll let you go. And she probably for sure for the probably uh, got barking dog um, right now, so <laughs> we need to get <laughs> some sleep. What do you got going on for uh, Bruins Daily this week? Just game coverage. Uh, game coverage probably fit in a couple of other columns in between. Busy week to four games and what's he? Yeah, four games and six nights, including back to back Monday, Tuesday. You got Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, get my hands on. I saw them yesterday. I could get my hands on one of mm-hmm. those um those St. Patrick's Day sweaters. Those are so fucking nice. Just like the arms, the arm numbers yeah. are great. Every year they top it. Every year. Well, here, so a buddy of mine works with Connor McGregor, and 
I got up what two weeks before um, before McGregor showed, and I know him. McGregor was showing up. I wish I would have known because I would have went to the game. And I got this like sweet picture he sent me that they took in the press box of the proper a proper twelve bottle and a Bruins puck overlooking the TD Garden picture. Mm-hmm. Then after the game, when Conor McGregor walks back in and grabs the jer- top off the bin and fucking and my buddy goes to Connor he goes you know his first name is Connor right he goes holy shit I didn't even fucking know that it's fucking great ain't it fucking great <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I gotta start time man hey you should start doing a podcast on ruins daily we did it. Um, we did it at the beginning of last year, and then COVID hit. So we have yeah. what three or four episodes there in the archives that you could get them through Spotify and stuff. And some uh, <laughs> Spotify. Uh, we're on iTunes as well. I think we're on one other Google. Yeah, we're on Google. I think that's it. But um, if you want to listen to those recordings, but at some point, if I, I find another good writer, uh, I'd be happy to have him aboard and we'll shoot the breeze, shoot the shit and go to town. See, here's the thing. I don't want to write Do it. (laughs) (laughs) You hear you. But, yeah. Ah, Drew Brees retires. Great for him. Now that Tom can finally take all the records and sleep with them. Yeah. Is he going to go ESPN, I wonder? I think he's got to deal with NBC. Oh, NBC, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. I wonder if it'll... Because Collinsworth is probably getting up there in age, if the only I wonder if he'll take over PFF for him when he retires. He'd be the guy to do it too. Yeah, or they could just like put him on Notre Dame games and then have him yeah, like third in the booth or something. Yeah, yeah, because it's got to be better than listening to Dungey. Holy Jesus! Oh God! Just imagine. I don't know how Ronnie Harrison does it sometimes. <laughs> Poor Ronnie. I got who was an adversary for all these years and now they share the same studio together. Oh, it's always great when Tony picks against the Patriots. He always does. Where the hell it Where the hell it got... Damn, there's a huge fire not that far from my house. I'm shocked Damn. I can't speak. <laughs> well, I'm going to get going because my dog. All right, so. Terry. All right, man. Good talking to you. I'll talk to you again at some point. Good talk. Yeah, Yeah, we'll figure it out. Talk to you again. You too, pal. Absolutely. Tim Tim Rosenthal, managing editor of Bruins Daily. Underscore Tim Rosenthal on the Twitter. That was a great show. I miss Timmy. We did a ton of shows back in the day together, and it's kind of starting to come. Have a great night. Don't forget, subscribe, like, help us out on the 
thing, and then uh, pretty soon we'll be putting these shows up on Anchor. So uh, you can download them through all your podcasts, things. All right.